Welcome to Coastline Church, seeking renewed faith in Humboldt County by being settled and secure in God's love. To learn more, visit coastlinefoursquare.com. We left last week, at least in my heart, where uh, in my heart I was, I was seeing that uh, the promises of God are not dependent on any mistakes that we make. It doesn't cancel it out. It doesn't um, make it null and void. Um, and certainly in this uh, person that we'll be looking at today from the Word, uh, he made lots of mistakes, but the promises of God were not null and void. In fact, they still came to pass. And... Uh, I just love all the music, like like Teresa was saying, even if, even if, even if, you know, and just realizing that really it's about the journey, even though we do have a destination, it, it really is about the journey, because if you're just going to a destination and you're just totally miserable all the way there, then like, what's the point, right? At least that's how my mind thinks. Um, so today... Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, our journeys of faith, and I'll share a little bit about mine. Maybe you'll be moved to, during the sharing time to say a little bit about yours, maybe not. Um, but sometimes in that, in having the promises of God and not being dependent on our mistakes, sometimes we forget. You know, I don't know how you guys are, but, um, you know, 2020, 2021, maybe even into 2022, um, a lot of people said that they were not really uh, that close to the Lord and stuff, and it gave them that time to really just, like, dig in and burrow in with the Lord. And if I'm really honest, the way that, that uh, I've been raised and grown up and just have to get through things, um, I wasn't one of those people. I wasn't one of those people that had this, whoa, you know, great, enlightened, wonderful. I mean, I had moments, and uh, and sharing with people, I'm sure that they had moments as well of really goodness and sweetness, but not me. You know, I powered through. I, I, I always feel like I'm like an ox, and I just power through situations. It's just the way... I've had to be, since I was like four years old, you just power through the situation, you just get through, you keep your head down, you try to keep under the radar. And I'm not saying this is good, I'm just saying this is where my faith journey was. And so, uh, so much since 2022, uh, now is where I'm taking the deep dive. In fact, somebody had a dream of, about me, and they said, um, that I told them in the dream that I was going to Honduras, and I have no desire to go to Honduras. But on the spur, I decided to Google it and see what Honduras means. And it means, uh, I believe it means going to deep places. And I said, that is absolutely where I'm going. I'm going to deep places. So your dream was right on. Um, that's, that's so cool and that's so good. But in, in all of that, um, you know, today... Getting your DNA done and having a DNA search, and some of you have, and some of you have had some really uh, great uh, responses of, of that and all. Um, I was thinking about that in regards to today, and I was thinking about how, you know, 
um, the excitement that there is when you find out you know you have a sibling you didn't have and that it was, it's actually like a joyful reunion and and uh, not like maybe the true crime things where maybe it's not so joyful but uh, but it's a joyful reunion and you find out that you might even have mannerisms like somebody and you didn't even know it and oh you do the same thing as my uncle Joe does you know and it's kind of a delightful thing. It's a delightful thing to know that we're connected maybe more than even what we've experienced in our own realm. And it's kind of the same way with faith. And I'm thinking about Abraham today and that he was considered in, in the New Testament, the scriptures say that he is the father of faith. And so I thought we might take a little trip down memory lane in the word and, and look at Abraham a little bit uh, because we are Abraham's children, according to the scriptures, um, if we're, since we're grafted in now. So those who believe in Messiah and are Jews and us Christians who believe in Christ, we're, we're part of that now. We're part of Abraham's uh, children. And I promise you we won't be singing Father Abraham. But <laughs> anyway, though, he was a friend of God. And um, I want to read the James scripture there. I gave old and new whenever I could uh, find it. Um, but James 2, 23. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. Amen. So this, this Abraham guy, this guy that uh, the Lord chose for his, uh, to increase and bless nations was through um, Abraham. I found something really interesting. I don't know how you are. Do many of you ever read books you've read before and read them again? Yeah? Okay. Um, I don't, I, I do sometimes, but I might be kind of sketchy maybe. You know, go to the halfway point or something. But it amazes me how if we will give ourselves to the Word of God, that we will see things we've never seen before, even if, well, I didn't mean that, but you know what I mean, even if um, we read it at least 10 times before. And I could say, without exaggeration, I've read Genesis at least 10 times before. And I didn't realize that Abraham... Uh, not only is a good example for us, but his father, uh, I'm pronouncing it Terah, T-E-R-A-H, um, he was set out from Canaan to the Ur of Chaldees long before Abraham made a similar trip, but somehow, someway, he got stuck in one of these towns that's known for idolatry. And I, I always wonder, because I've always thought, ever since I was a little girl, I knew that that the Lord um, had a purpose for my life, as he does for all of us. You know, but I, I knew it since a really, really young age. But I also knew at that young age that somehow, someway, at least this is what I believe. It may not be the truth, but I believe this. But I believe that I'm, in, I'm doing what I'm doing because some man before me or whatever didn't do it. You know, And so the Lord put it on my heart, so now... Um, I get the privilege of, of sharing uh, with people sometimes in, in maybe a little bit uh, bigger venues, you know, um, than our day-to-day -day lives. Not that that makes me anything special, but 
I just thought it was just really interesting there. I want to read a little bit from Genesis 15. So Genesis 15, uh, 9 through 21. I want, I, I'd like you to experience with Abraham what happened with him when he got a covenant, which is, which we know as an agreement or a contract, but it was really more like a promise. And I want you to see something that I, I promise I have never seen this before either. So this is the second thing that I have not seen before. And I want to start at, um, let's see. Okay, so he tells them, uh, starting with verse 9. So he said to him, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Um, then he brought all these to him and cut them in two down the middle and placed each piece opposite the other, but he did not cut the birds in two. And when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abram, because he was Abram still at that time, he hadn't changed his name, drove them away. And just, just to remember now, in that culture, that was a way of making a contract and agreement. So it was not just needless blood. It was, it was something that was done during that time, not totally just among God's people. Okay, verse 12 we're at now. Listen to this. This just freaked me out. Well, it... It awestruck me more, I'd say, more than freaked me out, but maybe both would do. Verse 12. Now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and behold, horror and great darkness fell upon him. Then he said to Abram, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, and will serve them, and they will afflict them four hundred years. And also the nation whom they serve I will judge, Afterwards, they shall come out with great possession. Now, as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried at a good old age. But in the fourth generation, they shall return here, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. And it came to pass, when the sun went down, and it was dark, that, behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between those pieces. On the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, with Abram, sorry, to your descendants I have given this land, from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, the Kenites, the Kenizzites, the Cadmonites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Rephim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. Isn't that just something? I mean, they didn't show that to us on the final graph in Sunday school. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. So anyway, um, without any really apparent order, obviously, I meant to put it in Genesis order, so we would be the youngest to the oldest, but I didn't. So let's look at him. We've seen that he is a friend of God. Now look, let's look at his obedience in Genesis, if you have a Bible or app, Genesis 22, Genesis 22. Genesis 22, uh, 1 through 18. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. 
So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said, My father? And he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told them, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, Here I am. And he said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your, your son, your only son, from, from me. So, <clears throat> anyway, uh, we know the rest of the story. But, you know, as I was studying this, and, and this was definitely one that was on the flannel graph, uh, I learned that, that all the flannel graph pictures always show boy that's probably like eight years old, but a lot of people believe today that he was probably uh, maybe even up to 30 years old. So this wasn't just some little, you know, fair little boy just going to do every, everything his dad says. I just, I'm amazed that Isaac even do it. I mean, I would have been fighting tooth and nail the whole time. So obviously, you know, I wasn't going to be Abraham's family. But um, he, Abraham was obedient. He was totally 100% obedient. And um, in Genesis 14:20, we find that he was also a giver. So 14:20. <clears throat> this is in the middle of a, a blessing. And in the middle of the blessing, uh, in verse 20, it says, And blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave a tithe of them all. So he was generous. He was also courageous in that uh, next chapter there, 14, 13 to 16. Uh, <clears throat> then one who had escaped came and told Abram the Hebrew, for he dwelt by the terebinth trees of Mamre, the Amorite, brother of Eshcolon, brother of Ener, and they were allies with Abraham. Now when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his 318 trained servants who were born in his house and went in pursuit as far as Dan. <clears throat> he divided his forces against them by night, and he and his servants attacked them and pursued them as far as Hobah, which is north of this. Damascus. So he brought back all the goods and also brought back his brother Lot and his goods as well as the women and the people. Hallelujah. Um, just a little bit further on in that chapter, we see that he was independent, but not in a, not a bad way, in that he wasn't like a man pleaser. He didn't have to 
have all everybody around him agreeing with him. <coughs> uh, 21 to 23, now the king of Sodom said, said to Abram, give me the persons and take the goods for yourself. But Abram said, I have raised my hand to the Lord God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap, and that I will not take anything that is yours, lest you should say, I have made Abram rich. <clears throat> Verse 24, except only what the young men have eaten and the portion of the men who went with me, Ener, um, Eskal, and Mamre, let them take their portion. So, I mean, I wouldn't have even thought of that. This guy is he's, he's pretty cool. It's a good thing he's he's our, he's our father in the faith, right? We, we have good DNA in us. Hallelujah. So Genesis 18. And Abram came near, uh, verse 23, and said, Would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there were 50 righteous within the city. Would you also destroy the place and not spare it for 50 righteous? Far be it from you to do such a thing as this, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? And, and, and we know the story. It goes on and on gets down to just a handful of people. But we see here the point is he was a man of prayer. And what I find interesting is in my journey of faith, I, I, I'm seeing more that I can ask the Lord questions and that he can give me answers. And that wasn't something that I was familiar with. I'm noticing now a whole lot more in the scriptures that the Old Testament prophets, um, they often ask the Lord questions. And here is... Abraham seemingly bargaining with God, I personally believe that he wanted to hear it. Just like you want to hear a son, you want to see if your son is learning anything from you and see if he can stand on his own. And, and that I think that's that's how it was because even, even in compared to the Lord, uh, we would be considered evil doing good um, in that regard, you know. And to see a son just to be able to stand and stand on his own and have his own um, his own thoughts is must have been such a blessing to the Lord. The Lord must have been so proud when uh, Abram was doing that. So he was a man of prayer, a man of prayer. Um, Genesis fifteen six says, and he believed in the Lord, and it accounted to him for righteousness. So he was a man of faith. He was also when we go to Genesis twenty three. Genesis 23, verse 6. Hear us, my Lord, you are a mighty prince among us. Bury your dead in the choices of our burial places. None of us will withhold from you his burial place that you may bury the dead. Now this was um, spoken to the sons of Heth at the time, so we weren't, it wasn't talking um, about the Lord, because remember in those days, Lots of people were lords, that's why, and lots of people were kings. So that's why the Lord is the king of kings, and he's the lord of lords, because there were, were those others there. So he was also a mighty prince. And if you haven't already got it from the scriptures that I've already read, uh, you can get it one more time. He was a good provider. Uh, Genesis 25, 5 and 6. 
25, 5 and 6. And Abraham gave all that he had to Isaac, but Abraham gave gifts to the sons of the concubines which Abraham had. And while he was still living, he sent them eastward, away from Isaac his son, to the country of East. So he's also a good provider. So now we're going to hop to the New Testament, for, for those who like to have more New Testament than Old. And uh, share some scriptures that will immediately dovetail with what has already been shared. Uh, John 8, verse 56. My numbers seem to get, be getting a little bit smaller. You know? <laughs> it says here, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. I, again, I, I don't know how many times, more than ten, that I read the Word of God, but it somehow didn't point, it didn't just like jump out at me that Abraham saw the Lord. Abraham saw Jesus afar off, and he was glad. And it's confirmed here in John 8, 56. Let's go to Romans 4. Romans 4, 2 through 5. For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but a debt. But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted to him for righteousness. Amen. 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 So we went from Abraham's covenant to now we're in a new covenant, and we're going to be sharing communion very, very shortly. But I was just wondering if in your journey of faith, faith, or maybe perhaps us going through these scriptures today, if you had any comments or uh, thoughts that you wanted to share. Well, as we were talking uh, in the prayer room, um, you know, Adam was, Abraham was not perfect by any means. And as we discussed and Steve brought up, is that God does not disqualify us because we fail. He still keeps his promises, and they're true, and they're for us. Every day, so we can trust him to get us up the cliff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. All ninety steps. <laughs> and all I'm no, thinking 90. is, did they have a rail? Did they have a rail? How did she get down those no, ninety there steps? Was no rail, and it was ninety flights. Oh, 90 flights. Uh, it took about an hour to get up there. <laughs> <laughs> it was all like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Some things that um, were brought up for me, I'll give you a chance to think if anyone else wants to share, is uh, the illustration you probably have heard a million times. But there was a tightrope uh, illustration where they were in uh, New York and they were high among two you know, high-rises. And uh, there was this uh, 
tightrope act going on, and then you know the crowd's all happy when they go across and go back and all this time. And then then they have this uh, big barrel, and they say, you know, do you believe that this uh, barrel, you know, and this man can go in this barrel and go all the way across? Oh yeah, 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 yeah we believe, we believe, we believe. And then they say, well, how would you like to get into the barrel, right? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know. It's, it's quiet on the home front. And I was thinking about that as the promises of God and us uh, uh, relying or putting our total trust or like Teresa was saying, to, she just chose to be all in and go with it. And so we can also choose to be all in and go with it. But assent for me is not the same as trust because it needs an accompanying action to it. And um, so that's something that I was learning during this process. Anybody else? Any chance? No? Okay. Well, then let's go on to communion. And in Hebrews 9, 11 through 14, I believe this is the New American Standard. Different scripture than a lot is used, but I feel like since we had Abraham's covenant and we watched it, um, now we're in the new covenant. I thought this was a good like segue for it as well. So uh, Hebrews 9, 11 through 14. But when Christ appeared as high priest of the good things, having come, he entered through the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made by hands, that is, not of this creation, and not through the blood of goats and cows, but through his own blood. He entered the holy place for all time having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of the heifers, sprinkling those who have been defiled, sanctify for the cleansing of flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? So in my heart I'm thinking today that his blood, you know, unlike in Abraham's covenant, but his blood in the new covenant with us, his blood speaks a better word. His blood takes care of that aspect of it. And I was thinking about his body and how his body's pierced and how if you have matzo bread or even if you have like some regular crackers, you know, you see the pierces, you see the holes in it. And just uh, knowing that he was pierced and he was... Uh, he, there were holes put in him for our salvation. His body was broken, it was pierced. And now thinking of it in light of this verse, I'm thinking that even his body was pierced so that our conscience can be cleansed from dead works. Because those dead works a lot of times are lies we believe, and sometimes we believed them our whole life. I mean, I'm 67, I probably believed some lies for over 50 years, you know, until the Lord helped me to come out of agreement with some of these lies. And that this this is one way that we can honor the Lord by celebrating his, uh, his bread and his blood in communion. So if you will, you come and uh, partake of the communion elements and we'll do it together.
We slow ourselves down to, to just honor and thank you. We have gratitude that your blood was shed for us, that your body was broken. Lord, we just take this uh, emblem of your bread and we say thank you, Lord. And we just receive it. We receive it for all that we need in Jesus' name. And Lord... We're also so thankful for your blood. So thankful. We're so thankful that we don't have to keep it up. We don't have to slay a bunch of animals and walk through a bloody mess because you've already slayed the animal and you became the bloody mess. So Jesus, we just thank you. We just slow our hearts down and we just say thank you. We appreciate you. We're so glad that we have we have sacrifice that not only covers sins, but now eliminates them. And so we just thank you for your blood when we take this emblem in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today at Coastline Church. To find out more information, please visit coastlinefoursquare.com.